Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Good afternoon, Roxy Soxy. Good afternoon, Tam Tam. Here we are in the OC. I feel like I'm on the Today Show. Don't you? you? I feel like this setup is a little bit like we're in like like studio. Yeah, it's like it feels really nice. There's like a warmth. There's like a yeah, very professional kind of feel. So we can't screw it up. I mean, we can try, but hopefully, hopefully, you will lead the charge. I will take us to the finish line. Is that okay? I would like (laughs) you to take us to the finish line. I don't even know if I've started at the starting line. Um, But today, I was—you know—we talk so much about mental health on our show, um, Women on Top, and I was actually thinking recently of taking—I don't know if I've said it this Mm -hmm. to you or on the podcast—about taking medication, like actual medication, because I have—I've always been anxious. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had anxiety disorder most of my life. I had uh, PTSD. I was a child actor. Boohoo! People are like, "That is not trauma." I'm like, "It is very traumatic." (laughs) Um, And I've tried everything, and I've still got that last little niggling bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. that is just still holds me. And I was going to—I was going to actually reach out to our next guest, like privately, to see what I should do, but why not just <laughs> tell the entire world and millions of people. But I was going to ask him what he, what his thoughts were on that because he um, understands the brain better than anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever suffered from mental health issues or mental illness? You know, I don't know if it's, I guess it would be kind of maybe a form of OCD. I mean, I have very much like I, I, a little germophobia, right, right? right? I like to wash my hands a lot. My hands show it because they're very dry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I do have anxiety at night when I'm kind of trying I to go to anxiety. sleep. Yes, right. the death anxiety. Have health anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, just um, worrying about illness and sickness. Mm-hmm. My dad's a doctor, so he's mm-hmm. an oncologist. So, I don't know. I've kind of always grown up around, like, talking about health a lot, but in a very negative way sometimes. Right. So, I think there is little bits of that that also kind of plague mm-hmm. me and I've never had it formally tested but I probably should just to sure know at this point sure. <laughs> exactly there's something there know. yeah there's something but there. do you drink um because I actually stopped drinking mm-hmm. uh, recently for my mental health and do you and I used to actually drink for my mental health thinking mm. that it helped with my anxiety mm-hmm. and my dopamine but it actually does the opposite and we can ask I guess mm-hmm. that too um but do you find yourself ever drinking because you're stressed or anxious or or do you have a drink because you're 
celebrating? You know, I think it's both. I mean, obviously there's celebratory times, mm -hmm. there's big momentous occasions, weddings and birthdays and things like that. But I do find that like come the end of the week, like on a Friday, if I've been, you know, working stressed. and I'm stressed and I'm tired and, you know, all the mom things too on top of that and dealing with husbands. I mean, all of it, right? Husbands Family will make life. you drink. <laughs> they send you to the bottle. <laughs> um, but I feel like sometimes come Friday, like that's usually like the time when I want it. Right. Like that's like the end of the week. You know, my work is like pretty much done for the most part. And mm. I just kind of want like, especially in the summer when it's hot, like mm. a cold margarita to go with some tacos. But, um, you know, oh, it's, what are going to do with you? It's what hard. It's hard. And I'm also from the South. I'm from Texas. And that's kind of what we do right. there. But, you know, it's, it's hard. So, I mean, I should probably find other outlets for, for that. Yoga. Yoga, Pilates. It was, it was fun. <laughs> Reading a book, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to delve into that a little okay. more. Well, our next guest, I actually had my brain scanned. Um, from him you just mm. after I gave birth and that was probably not the best mental health um situation that I was in post-birth his hormones are going crazy and um I was really nervous uh -huh. because I had to like there's this dye that's you you um I think I think it was was it injected it was injected they gave yeah, it to me it's not a dye it's not it's, it's not a dye and he's gonna tell me that <laughs> but I had to finish the story I was so nervous that I almost didn't come <gasps> because of the dye thing and it wasn't because I was nervous my mom mm -hmm. love her love you mom love you mom um she has freaked me out about any substance going into my body so I've never taken drugs <laughs> because I'm so freaked out by them and so I was almost not gonna come because it's like it's not a dye it's but it helps you uh see your brain from in your brain scans mm -hmm. when they do like the scan of your brain to see what's going on in there and um he made me feel so at ease about it and i was like screw it i need to know what's going on with me so i came and we did a lot of other tests too but um we can talk about this in the podcast and who do we have roxy Sotsi. well we are so excited to welcome him back he's an, a medical expert he's a doctor he's really put mental health and like taking care of your mental health mm -hmm. on the forefront his Social media has absolutely exploded in the no. last few I'm years. Like, how it's did amazing. You, you, all of us combined, he has more followers. I know, I know. We need to take some lessons from I him. Know. So please welcome back to the podcast. He's a friend of ours. He's been a guest with us before, and we're just so grateful mm -hmm. to have him. Dr. Daniel Amen. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. So great to see you both. I know, in person. Yeah. In person, person. where we can hang out. I was going to say, has my brain changed? Have I changed? <laughs> You're like, I need to see your brain to know if your brain has changed. Yes. You know, what a concept. That we should actually look I know. at it before we go about changing. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask first and foremost, like, what do you, so the, the new people who are listening who don't know about mm -hmm. you, um, what do you do differently than other people who um, help uh, help clients with mental health? You know, this brain scan that we did was, it was, has never been offered to me mm -hmm. before in trying to figure out like what's going on in there. So what is different when people come and they see mm -hmm. you and they want to figure out like what's going on? So I'm a child and adult psychiatrist, mm -hmm. and most psychiatrists never look at the brain. Mm -hmm. And that's insane. Uh, it's like, how do you know unless you look? Psychiatrists are the only medical doctors that never look at the organ they treat. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to become a psychiatrist 44 years ago, because someone I love tried to kill herself, mm -hmm. um, and I've loved being a psychiatrist. 
but it's like, well, why aren't we looking at the brain? Obviously, mm -hmm. the brain is our organ. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we don't do that. And I was sort of a pain in the neck teenager, if you ask my mom or dad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, we have to do that. Mm -hmm. And so for the last 32 years, we do a study called brain spec imaging. Spec looks at blood flow and activity. It looks at how your brain works. And mm -hmm. what it taught us is most psychiatric illnesses, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, PTSD, whatever, are not mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They're brain health issues. Mm -hmm. If you get your brain healthy, your mind will follow. Mm -hmm. And some big lessons we learned is alcohol is not a health food. Mm -hmm. It's not good for your brain. It makes your brain look older than you are. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you stopped, yeah. I'm so happy. I didn't drink I a lot to it. begin with, but you helped me through that too because I was like, why am I even having two a week? Right, is we celebrate by hurting ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's a little weird, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Drinking a disinfectant, probably not a good idea. Mm -hmm. But, you know, without imaging, how would I know that marijuana is not innocuous? It prematurely ages the brain. Mm -hmm. uh, Alcohol is not innocuous. It's not a health food. Let's stop lying about it. Mm -hmm. um, you probably shouldn't let your kids hit soccer balls with their head. Mm -hmm. Brain is soft. Skull is hard. Skull has sharp, bony ridges. Mm -hmm. And so what's really different is we're going to look at the organ, your brain, and then target our treatment. Yes, we have to get to know who you are, mm -hmm. right? And then you've heard it said a picture is worth a thousand words, mm -hmm. but a map is worth a thousand pictures. A map tells you where you are and gives you direction on how to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And so I have a map of your brain. Mm -hmm. And if like, if you're still spinning mm -hmm. on things, you get upset and you just can't let it go. And it does this little reboot mm -hmm. thing, then we need to raise serotonin. And that's the pattern mm -hmm. we see in your brain. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what is, not to just violate HIPAA right now or anything, <laughs> can you tell us Tamman's diagnosis? Yes, what you please. Recommend? That's fine. <laughs> It's fine. I think, I've, I think I've told all of social yeah. media, so it's fine. <laughs> what do you see in my brain, doctor? Yes, yes. So it was... You're going to use this to your advantage. I know you are. <laughs> Give three me all things. Of you. <laughs> it was three things. Mm -hmm. That you have ADD. Mm -hmm. It's not a big surprise when you take your history, right? And you had low activity in the left front part of your brain. Mm -hmm. But I wrote a book a long time ago called Healing ADD. It's like it's not one thing. It's seven different things. Mm -hmm. And one of the most common types is what I call over-focused ADD, mm -hmm. where the problem is not that you can't pay attention, mm -hmm. but you can't shift right. your attention. Mm -hmm. And if you can't shift your attention, you can't pay attention because life is always shifting. Mm -hmm. And so you end up locked onto things, stuck on things, mm -hmm. same thought in your head over and over. And we saw that in your scan where it's an area called the anterior that just means toward the front, cingulate gyrus, mm -hmm. works too hard. And so if I find a way to raise dopamine to help the ADD mm -hmm. and serotonin to help you shift better, mm -hmm. that's good for you. But then I saw something called Erlen 
syndrome, mm -hmm. where you have a visual processing issue where lights bother you. They actually send interrupt mm -hmm. signals to your brain. And that all by itself can give you ADD and make you anxious. So I have most of my panic attacks or anxiety attacks happen in the grocery store. And it's because when I walk into a different situation where the lighting is different, I can't cope. It right. happens mm. almost instantly. And I find that leaving Los Angeles, I've had less anxiety, not because of Los Angeles, because it's a very anxious city, because it's always bright here. Mm. It's always sunny. There's never clouds. And when the days where it was gloomy, I actually feel the best. I actually feel the most calm. I'm actually able to get through things. And Nashville has moments of a lot of moments of cloud and storms. And so I feel better in Nashville than I do in Los Angeles. So I definitely so, have a life. So I need you to follow through but, on yes. that recommendation. <laughs> I have ADHD <laughs> and you're asking me to follow through. <laughs> I know. But you were early today. So yes. I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty good with time. I'm you good are good with time. Good with time. Good with it's time. true. It's true. Erland. I R L. Alien.com, you get screamed. And then what you end up doing is you wear, and you're a star, you end up wearing colored filtered glasses. Mm. And the world changes for you in such a positive way. And the first time I heard about it, I thought it was nonsense because I didn't learn about it in school. But I've literally had thousands mm. of patients get great benefit from being diagnosed properly. And wearing the silly glasses mm -hmm. makes a huge difference because the light that's bothering you is constantly sending interrupt signals mm -hmm. to your brain. And you go to therapy for like 30 years and like clean out the whole emotional closet, mm -hmm. but it still won't make you feel better. What about being an actress, though, when you're on set yeah, and all the so lights. much light? Yeah. It's hard. So hard. they make mm -hmm. contacts. And so you could just pop in the My contact. life is going to be so much better. <laughs> I know, but I want you to do what I want I know, you to I know, do. I know, I know. There's, I don't know if you've seen the new docu-series, uh, Stutz. Jonah Hill did a whole series yes, yes, on his yes. psychiatrist. And I loved it. I thought it was really mm -hmm. good. And I stole one of the lines mm -hmm. from it because Dr. Stutz, um, said he tells his patients, just do what the fuck I say. And you're going to get better. And so I'm like, do what I say. You can put a fuck in there. That's fine. Do what the fuck I say. Yeah. I will. I will listen to you. You're the only doctor I Because I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually really good because so much of the time people don't take, you know, what doctors say and do what they're supposed to do. And especially if it's a habit. So like you, we were talking about drinking a little bit, right? And Let's it's something, right? That you were kind of, you know, something that you enjoy. You know, I feel like in Hollywood now, especially you go to some of these dinner parties and, you know, not only is the alcohol flowing, but you know, there's microdosing happening. People are bringing right. out chocolate mushrooms mm. or like, you know, gummies and all these kinds of things. So is there a lesser than perhaps less dangerous for your brain substance? Is there something that's milder and doesn't affect it as much? Or is it just all bad? Mm. Well, if we're looking at marijuana, alcohol, mushrooms, mm -hmm. they're all bad. 
Okay. Right. I mean, the most common question I get now is on psilocybin. It's like, yes. oh, they've using it for PTSD. And, right. You know, like, well, maybe if you failed like the first 12 normal things to do, mm-hmm. but it also disrupts people. Mm-hmm. People have bad effects from them. I want you to just ask yourself this one question. Mm-hmm. Whatever I do, do I love it? Mm-hmm. And does it love me? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if either of you have been in bad relationships, but I have. Mm-hmm. I was married for 20 years to someone who didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, I'm not okay with this. I want to have a good relationship. And I for sure want to have a good relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I for sure want to have a good relationship with anything I drink, right? Or anything I put in my body. So do I love it? Mm-hmm. And does it love me back? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately at the end of the day, what do you really want? Energy, mm-hmm. memory, connection, mm-hmm. passion, purpose, Alcohol doesn't help any of those. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms really don't help any. They're something that makes you feel better fast, mm-hmm. but never lasts. Mm-hmm. And I want to do things that help me feel better fast mm-hmm. that last. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about at, at night before you go to bed mm-hmm. and you feel anxious. I have this exercise I love, um, which is what went well. So I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And I start at the Mm. beginning of my day Mm. and I just go hour by hour. I put myself to sleep Mm. with what made me happy Mm -hmm. that day. And the bad stuff shows up and I just imagine a big room and sweep it away. Mm. Not the point. Focus on what you love. And it's a great exercise for the kids. Like at dinner time, are you putting them to Mm -hmm. bed? Go, Hey, what went well today? Yeah. And then every fifth night, go. What went weird today? Yeah, we do our um, our I, I can't roses remember. and thorns. Yeah, we do mm-hmm. what went well and what didn't go well, and how we could make that better. Mm. But I want to talk about alcohol because I do think that alcohol is like the only real drug that's like so accepted pretty mm-hmm. much most places in the world, and people push alcohol on you a lot, and they feel very mm-hmm. uncomfortable when you're drinking. Because I haven't drank for a year, and when you're around people who are drinking, when you're not drinking, but. I think for people to understand why alcohol isn't great, I think it would be great to talk about what it does to the brain. Mm. What does it actually do to the mm. brain and dopamine? Um, and what is dopamine for people who like never even heard of it? And how does it affect it? Mm. So dopamine is a neurotransmitter mm-hmm. that works on um, a lot of your brain, but it works on the pleasure centers mm-hmm. in your brain. And it's involved with focus, motivation, pleasure, drive. Mm. And those little pleasure buttons in your brain, it's called the nucleus accumbens. If you hit them Mm. too hard or too often, you wear them out. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon, like you were a child actress Mm -hmm. and you had a lot of fame Mm -hmm. and fame wears it out. So fame is a dopamine hit mm-hmm. and it pushes on those pleasure centers and then if it's too much or too often it begins to wear them out mm-hmm. and then you feel sad and, and, you for, search, and then you search like, for it right no reason mm-hmm. you feel sad you feel flat you feel unmotivated you feel depressed mm-hmm. and then 
the vulnerability, and we've seen this in Hollywood forever, is addiction. Mm -hmm. And they're, they develop addictions to things that increase dopamine. Not so they feel high, but so they feel normal. That's when I said to Sean, my husband, I was like, I have a, one glass of wine or one I did just to feel normal. Right. Mm. Just to feel calm. Mm -hmm. And so now we want to protect your pleasure centers mm -hmm. so you can feel happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And that is avoid things that dump dopamine. So alcohol, mm -hmm. marijuana, psilocybin, they dump dopamine mm -hmm. and do things that trip dopamine. Mm -hmm. Like I saw a hummingbird this morning, totally drip dopamine, mm -hmm. right? Didn't get crazy or where I live. I heard the seals barking and I'm like, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. But it didn't go overboard. And overboard is where we're at in our society, which is one of the reasons mental health challenges are so prevalent. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's alcohol or pornography, another and the thing. Phone. The phone, the phone, I feel too. like is ruining yeah. my. I think I need to go social media, detox. detox. I actually need yeah. to go to a place. Honestly, I believe this is probably one of the most honest, vulnerable things I've ever said. Not for alcohol and drugs, right. but I am a hundred percent addicted to my phone. Where I believe that it has affected my relationships, probably with mm -hmm. my family, even though I'm so close to my kids and my husband. But mm -hmm. I can't wait to get on my phone at the end of the day. Like I, 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 and I need it. I, the first thing I wake up in the morning, I need it. Like I search for mm -hmm. it and it's a, an addiction that we've normalized in our society. And we're like, ah, oh, everyone's on their phone and that's okay. It's mm -hmm. actually not okay. When I went to Bali in Indonesia, no one's on their phone. And I don't know if it's just a cultural or they're just they're with each other. They seem so happy. They're mm -hmm. playing their, their kids are running around and, and they're all us, like the tourists, constantly looking at our phone while we're in Indonesia, yeah, like instead place. of looking yeah. out. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge problem. And I'm, I'm finding addiction on me, and I'm worried about my kids because I know that they look uh, at me. Mm -hmm. And my daughter even says, "You're on your phone." It's unfortunate because the phone's also a camera. It's also uh, a, a way to get driving directions. It's also a way to search like where the local gas station is. So it's not just social media. It's just it's everything in the palm of our mm -hmm. hands, and it's I think it's a problem. And it I don't think it drips dopamine, right? It gives you a hit of it. It hits, yeah. Right. Every time it buzzes, every time it rings, every time you get a notification, a little, and it wears out your pleasure centers over time. People spend the most time on their phone, have the highest incidence of obesity because they're not moving, and depression. You know, and then we feel like. And on average. Mm -hmm. So, with things just social media mm -hmm. is, is a side note to the phone. On average, American kids and young adults spend three and a half hours a day on social media. If you are more than three hours a day, your risk of anxiety and depression have just gone up. No wonder we're in this epidemic of anxiety and depression for young people. 57% of teenage girls mm -hmm. report being persistently sad. That's horrifying mm. right 24 percent have planned to kill themselves i mean these are numbers we have never seen before but when you're on social media what's the problem with social media you become self-absorbed 
it becomes about you. Mm. And whenever you're looking inward and you're the thing that matters most, you get depressed because you start comparing yourself. Whenever you're outward and being helpful, useful, True. you just mm -hmm. feel so much better when you're about things because mm -hmm. that's where you develop a sense of competence and competence is the underlying foundation of self-esteem um, you feel good about yourself because you can contribute mm -hmm. if it's about you what are you contributing to but what if our businesses are so tied in right. to like us as public facing people you know with podcasts and the social media and all the things um, I guess it's like kind of a twofold question. How do we navigate that? Because we still have to be effective in our jobs and promote ourselves. And promote ourselves yeah. But then also too, with our kids, like we're telling them not to be on their iPads and everything, but yet for our businesses, we kind of have to do it at times mm -hmm. too. So like, right. So you have to think of it like mm -hmm. a business right. where you have certain hours, you're doing this mm -hmm. rather than what the phone did mm -hmm. is it took your eight hour day and turned it into a 16 hour day mm -hmm. where you never get away. Mm -hmm. And with your kids, mm -hmm. the longer you can keep them off mm -hmm. of devices like iPads and not use phones as babysitters, mm -hmm. the better it is for them. So I know a lot of parents that their kids don't have phones, devices mm -hmm. until they're 14. And they're like, Oh my God. But that's probably the most rational mm -hmm. approach from a neuroscience standpoint. I'm not giving my kid. I don't care if I'm that weird mom because my business, because it's affected me so much mentally and my children are very sensitive. I already know that. And sh my daughter already has borderline like a low self-esteem. Like I'm really trying to work on the way we talk about it. And I, there's no way I'm giving my child a phone before 13. There's no way. And I don't care if she hates me for mm -hmm. it. Um, but then it's that the, the, the thing that I get nervous about is her being ostracized by her peers because then she's the only one who does it or the safety element. She's going to tell you that. Right. She's going to tell you that as a way to manipulate you. But right. the fact is a lot of the other kids' parents are the same way. And so we just can't believe that. <laughs> right. And God gave you parents until your brain develops mm -hmm. and your frontal lobes actually don't develop until your mid twenties. So, you know, the average age kids leave home in the United States is 26 mm -hmm. and it's because their brains aren't fully mm -hmm. developed. Right. I'm 18. I can do what I want. Um, they're baby adults. My kids hate that. My daughter turned 20 <laughs> yesterday. Oh, and uh, and I, I know. I just supervise. Mm -hmm. But do it lovingly. Mm -hmm. And I always remember these two words, parenting firm. Mm -hmm. No, kind. you're not having a phone. Mm -hmm. And kind. kind. And I know that's hard for you. And there also mm -hmm. doesn't need to always be an explanation, I've learned. Like, mm. my daughter loves sugar because she has ADHD. She absolutely diagnosed ADHD. We haven't put her on medication. I was going to ask you what your thoughts are on that. Um, but she searches for carbs and sugar because it helps raise her dopamine. And we say... We sometimes give her a little bit of ice cream, but then we say no, and she'll fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. And I've learned that I don't need to give another explanation. But sometimes I can just say no. Mm -hmm. The kitchen's closed, but I can give you an apple or I can give you um, 
banana, almond, or banana yeah, whatever yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. I can give you two separate mm. things, and that's that. That's my answer, and I love you. You don't. I don't feel like we always have to explain in this day and age. We're, right. we're over explaining so much that I'm like, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just remember firm and kind, mm-hmm. but also make sure there are other times you're a good listener. Too often, parents talk over kids, mm. and if you want to be really close with them, mm. two things: time, actual physical time. I have an exercise I do with mm. kids called special time, twenty minutes a day. That's her time. Do something with her she wants to do. Mm. And during that time, no commands, no questions, no directions. It's just bonding. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And turn off the phone. Like, mm-hmm. turn it off. Mm-hmm. Right? This is your time. If you do that over time, it's like money in the relational bank. Mm-hmm. And it'll protect your relationship. And then make sure, because when you have ADD as a mom often it's like, oh, I have to say it or I'll forget it. And you can talk over people. This thing I love called active listening. Mm -hmm. When they say something, don't say anything or just repeat it back. Give that space in a conversation, which is uncomfortable for people. But when you give them that space, you just repeat back what you hear they talk to you. Mm-hmm. I've had so many parents go, he's not going to talk to you. He doesn't want to see a shrink and he's not going to talk to you. I go, yeah, no, that's hard. And I just <laughs> sit there and they talk. Mm-hmm. And then I just listen or I reflect back what I hear and they talk more. And ultimately you want to be the person she's talking mm-hmm. to, not get all of her advice for her friends. Cause oh, I can't talk to mom cause she won't hear me. Mm-hmm. So time, and listening so important for bonding. But then and then rules are shopping. Right. <laughs> they have to go right. shopping and eat ice cream. So like, <laughs> no, no, no. Twenty minutes of none of that. Right. Yeah. And and ice cream actually yes can boost dopamine, mm-hmm. but it also boosts serotonin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get sad. Treat the sadness with sugar, and it's just a bad thing, right? Mm. It's feel better fast, but it clearly won't last. And the carbs boost serotonin in the brain. That's why donuts live, (laughs) right? That's sort of an antidepressant that makes people fat, depressed, and feeble-minded, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's a feel better fast that doesn't last. And so... She's nine? Nine. And so she has ADHD and she's nine. First thing I try is an elimination diet just for a month. But then she's so picky with her food because ADHD has, they have these texture, weird textures. Just for a month. Mm -hmm. See if you can eliminate gluten, dairy, corn, soy, artificial dyes and sweeteners. Mm -hmm. And Tana, my wife, has a cookbook called The Brain Warrior's Way Cookbook. Everything in there, no gluten, dairy, corn, soy, artificial diet sugar. or sweet, mm. uh, or sugar. Mm. That's now, a big one. natural yeah. sugar can be helpful. I also like stevia. But if, if you try an elimination diet for a month, it doesn't make any difference. Then certain supplements, mm-hmm. especially magnesium, she should have her thyroid checked. She should have her iron checked. Low iron's a very common cause of ADHD and anxiety, the combination. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes iron can help, magnesium, zinc. Um, 
So certain simple supplements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work, you totally should consider medicine mm -hmm. because, you know, she inherited it. It's not her fault. Sorry. And the goal, <laughs> um, the goal is never medicine or not. Mm. Like for you, we were talking about you. Mm. The goal is not, should I take medicine or not? The goal is always your best functioning. Mm. And if you function better on a little bit of a stimulant, well, God bless you. If you function better on a little bit of an antidepressant, that's awesome. You know, in my mind, I own a supplement company. It's, well, let's try natural things first. But if they don't work, well, let's try the medicine, right? right? I mean, if you have a heart thing, you'd never go, oh, right. I don't want to take medicine. Mm -hmm. If you had diabetes, you'd never go, oh, I don't want to take medicine. Or if you had cancer, mm -hmm. you'd never go, no, I don't want to take medicine. <laughs> it's like, mm, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's more just about like the, don't you fear that when you take something or if you did, for me, it's always that I, I have a great sex drive and women don't. I don't know a lot of women like me who like actually, I don't seek it every day, but I enjoy sex. Like I enjoy it. Like I think it's awesome. Like I've never, my husband's never said, let's have sex. And I go, well, I'm just like, great. Thank you for the offering. I love that part of my life. And the idea of taking something I think would make me more <laughs> miserable if I had now lower orgasms or, you know, for my job, not being able to cry or feeling emotional. So mm -hmm. I guess you, you try it's sometimes maybe you just have to accept that you're always going to have to, I would love to have the, this idea that it can all be great, but I don't know if that's really a possibility. Is that in fact the side effect of those drugs? Or so she's the, like, you're like, SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Lexapro or Prozac or Zoloft. Uh, for some people, clearly not for everyone, it can decrease your interest in sex and it can um, make it harder to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons about 20 years ago, I got really interested in saffron. Mm -hmm. So the spice saffron, world's most expensive mm -hmm. spice. I started reading studies about how it helps mood. There's now 24 randomized. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Controlled trials showing it's equally effective to SSRIs, um, but it's prosexual. It increases desire. Oh, no. It oh, Lord. <laughs> She's like, Lordy, Lordy. Oh, no. and, and Small doses over here. <laughs> memory. And sex. And wow. we released it right at the beginning of the pandemic. I had to close <laughs> my New York clinic. My dad died. I was like, uh, so I started taking it. Mm -hmm. I, I would not be with without it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so for me, if you're like going, you know, maybe a little bit of Lexapro. It's like mm -hmm. I try happy saffron first. Right. And then if it doesn't work like you hope, I would try a little bit of Lexapro mm -hmm. and see. If it 
makes you not able to cry, then I'd stop it. Mm. Or if it messes with your sex life with your husband, I'd stop He'd be it. thrilled. <laughs> he would be thrilled. He's tired. He's a tired man. He's two small children. He's still 12 years older. He's done with me. He said he'd never have an affair because it's exhausting. One is exhausting enough. He doesn't need to. Yeah. He sounds blessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, since we're talking about the elimination diet and all the things, there's also a big chat about grain brain and how grains affect the brain as far as like Alzheimer's go and dementia and things like that. What are your thoughts on that? Is, do you believe that? Is there truth in that? Mm. Well, I'm actually friends with David Perlmutter who mm. wrote Grain Brain. I read it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of gluten mm. because it in many cases gives you a leaky gut Mm. it makes the lining the cells that line your gut come apart just a bit and then bad stuff gets into your body and can cause autoimmune disorders especially Mm. thyroid Mm. disorders and it drops function in the cerebellum which is in the back bottom part of your brain that's Mm. involved in coordination Mm. so if you're an athlete you need to Stay away mm-hmm. from gluten. I think my biggest issue with ADHD and perfectionism is if it's not going to be amazing, or if I feel like it's not going to be amazing, mm-hmm. then I don't, then I give up halfway through, or I don't start. And when you talk about ADHD and transitions, which I thought was really fascinating, is when people change the plan, I get very aggressive. And where does that come from? Like, what what is happening in ADHD brains that m- means, that, like, when you say you can't transition, what do you see on a brain scan that shows and proves that? So it's this type of ADHD. Mm-hmm. So not everybody has it. The classic ADHD people, they transition all the time. They just have trouble sticking. <laughs> but the over-focused ADD, they have really two separate problems. They have the trouble focusing and the trouble shifting Mm. attention. So when your anterior cingulate gyrus, so that part right down the middle of your frontal lobes, works too hard, you have trouble shifting. So you can worry, hold on to grudges. If things don't go a certain way, you can get upset. You can be a bit argumentative, somewhat oppositional. And if things don't go the way you think they should... (laughs) Sometimes it causes meltdowns. And some of that's really good because it keeps you delivering stuff that's great, mm-hmm. and, but it causes too much pain. So at what level, you know, I want to calm it down, but not too much, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, you want your neurosurgeon to be a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want them leaving stuff in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's always just a matter of balancing it. Mm-hmm. You know, while we're talking about this, I was just thinking about 
of course, seeing it on social media quite a bit is Ozempic, mm. right? We're seeing Ozempic everywhere. And so many of these, you know, public facing people, celebrities, actors are taking it. They're not necessarily admitting that they're taking it, but they don't even need it. They don't, right? Exactly. But what does a drug like Ozempic, what effects does it have on your brain? Like negatively? Is there? So they're actually starting to use it for addiction. Okay. And they find that it's really helpful because mm -hmm. it stabilizes blood sugar, okay. it stabilizes insulin, mm -hmm. and that can be a really good thing. Mm. The problem is it's new and everybody's taken it. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like when marijuana was first made legal, everybody's taken it. And mm -hmm. now we're in this shit show <laughs> that is American society. Mm -hmm. I worry. It's like, well, let's do the right things first mm -hmm. with your diet. Mm -hmm. And um, not everybody does well, but I do really well on a ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. I mean, my weight's good. My energy's good. Not everybody does, mm -hmm. but I have a granddaughter that has a seizure disorder mm -hmm. and on a ketogenic diet, her seizures went away. So yeah. I've been mm -hmm. really interested in how it helps mm -hmm. the brain for mm -hmm. certain people. But my preference is, can we just get you to eat right? Mm -hmm. And let's do that first. Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, in 1980, Americans drank 225 calories a day and mm -hmm. what they drank. Now it's almost 500 calories mm -hmm. a day in what they drink, which will add 23 pounds of fat a year on your body, just mm -hmm. that extra 275 calories a day. And it's like, don't mm -hmm. drink your calories. Let's start there. So another sort of hit on alcohol and mm -hmm. what, you know, it's not just the alcohol, mm -hmm. it's all the sugar and stuff they put in it. Mm -hmm. And what about fasting? Because I, I, my husband and I, he needs to, he says, and I agree, like during the pandemic and after COVID, he gained quite a bit of weight around his midsection. And so he started intermittent fasting. Um, he lost weight really quickly. He stopped it because we were traveling. Now he's going to go back on it. And he, it worked really well for him. I did it because I was like, you know what? Like, I'd like to be a little tighter. I'm getting older. Um, my hormones are changing. Mm. And I did fast in accordance to my cycle because I heard that that was sort of the way to do it for women because fasting for women and men are very different. And I felt like an asshole half the time. I was like moody. I I felt great in the first two three weeks, and then it just I felt like crap. So what do you what do you think about intermittent fasting? And is it good for the body to not have? I mean, obviously you're having water and electrolytes and things like that, but not sometimes these fasts go from sixteen hours to thirty two hours, and sometimes even longer. And why do men do so well on it? Because he feels great. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm but like it's not just men, <laughs> but it's his brain. <clears throat> Right. And so I wrote a book um, called Change Your Brain, Change Your Body. Mm -hmm. And I argue that there are five different types of brains and don't give everybody the same diet. Mm -hmm. That for some people, a ketogenic diet is amazing. And for other people, it makes them mean. Mm -hmm. It was on Rachel Ray's show and we were talking about a low-carb diet. And she said, I'm surprised I'm still married because I was so evil mm. to my husband, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So you have to sort of know your brain. Mm. And I, I'm a fan of 16-hour 
fast. And it's really not hard if you think about it, right? Yeah. You eat dinner at six o'clock and you don't have breakfast till 10 o'clock the next morning. Right. I mean, like that's not a big deal, but it's a big deal for your brain. It turns on a process in your brain called autophagy, which is mm. self-eating, which basically means it gives your brain time to clean up the trash that built up the day before. So if you're sleeping seven and a half, eight hours, if you give yourself a break from feeding, most people handle that really well. Now, some people, also some people have ADD, have low blood sugar. They have hypoglycemia. I have one of my young stars used to get arrested all the time. And when I did a fasting blood sugar, it was 49, right? Normal 65 to 100. It was 49. Getting him to eat four or five times a day wasn't an asshole anymore. Didn't get arrested anymore. Right? Because when blood sugar goes low, you're not thinking right. You're not supervising mm -hmm. what comes out of your mouth. But doesn't your body, because what I learned too is that, so I was starting to get that hypoglycemic feeling because my body was burnt. When you're fasting, my body was burning sugar first. And that's when I started to get hypoglycemic. But the the, the interesting part about it was if I went after 14 hours and a little longer, my body... I heard it's starting to burn its own fat. So when it starts to burn fat, you actually are stabilizing blood sugar, aren't you? So like I didn't feel dizzy the last part of the fast, but I felt it in the beginning of the fast when my body was burning sugar before fat. So I would just see what works best for mm -hmm. you. And for your brain, I would worry about a very low-carb diet because mm -hmm. you'll spin more. Mm -hmm. Um and so, but I think keeping it balanced. Mm -hmm. So do, does the diet help with, because we all have cancer cells that already exist within our body. Um, does the diet help turn on or turn off cancer cells? And how does that, you know, work within our system? Mm -hmm. Well, so back mm -hmm. to alcohol, just for a second, mm -hmm. the American Cancer Society two years ago came out against any alcohol mm -hmm. because they said, any alcohol increases your risk of seven different types of cancer. Mm -hmm. So given your dad's an oncologist, mm -hmm. you know you don't want cancer, right? right? If you can avoid it. Definitely. So the other way to avoid cancer mm -hmm. is get rid of sugar. And foods that quickly turn to sugar, bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, fruit juice, sugar. Mm -hmm. And because sugar is pro-inflammatory, and it nourishes cancer cells. You don't want to be nourishing cancer <laughs> cells, right? And yet, on average, Americans have 150 pounds of sugar mm. a year. And we celebrate with sugar. We commiserate with mm -hmm. sugar. And I'm like, <laughs> why, why are we doing this? It's nuts. When, when you actually just sort of step back and look at how we celebrate with kids, you know, I right. want ice cream. And I remember my daughter, uh, it's hard growing up in my family, <laughs> but we went on a really strenuous hike when she was seven. <laughs> and her mother said, you're a tough cookie. And she said, I don't want to be a tough cookie. I want to be a tough red bell pepper. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now that it is wasn't good. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is good teaching. <laughs> yeah. How do I get my kid yeah. to say that? Exactly. You play a game with her. Is this good for your brain or bad for it? So we called it Chloe's game. Mm-hmm. And I would go avocados. And she'd go two thumbs up, God's butter. And then I would say blueberries. And she'd put her hands on her hips. She has red hair like her mother. Mm-hmm. And she'd go, are they organic? <laughs> non-organic blueberries hold more pesticides than almost yeah. any fruit i'm like of course they're organic she yeah goes, god's candy i said talking back to your red-headed mother she goes oh very bad for the <laughs> it's just hard to make them not feel guilt and shame because that you know i had an eating disorder when i was younger and you know my mom even said this she's like we just didn't know in her generation like she would talk about calories and diets and mm-hmm. look at her body and say well that's not good for you and that's so it's like it's really about the narrative of how we we explain what is because I hate to use the word bad and I hate to use the words fat and skinny. So it's just trying to change those mm-hmm. those words to but make them feel. But it's healthy for your body, right? If your body is too slim, that's really bad for your brain. And if it's overweight, that's not good for your brain as well. So what's healthy? And I sort of like calories because people have no clue 20% of kids are overweight or obese Mm -hmm. and they just have no clue what they're eating so I I like for them to know without it being an obsession right but you know I always say calories are like money Mm -hmm. and if you overspend you're gonna get bankrupt your health Mm -hmm. is gonna get bankrupt but you have to spend enough or you can't live. Right. And so what's a healthy range? And uh, I I think when you you phrase it about, is it good for your brain or bad for it? It's just a better message, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, I eat um, so that I can be effective and live. I don't. live to eat mm-hmm. we kind of tried to make a game of it not that it works all the time but it's eat the rainbow so we're like oh, i like that do different colors like on the plate and if it's maybe a veggie and a fruit and you know sometimes we obviously will give her like dessert you know but i don't know if it if but you have a child that's very my my four-year-old will eat sardines so mm-hmm. like <laughs> you have a child like that so i think mm-hmm. it's way easier to teach a kid who already is open to i mean she eats everything my second child my first mm-hmm. one eats bread and bread <laughs> you know, like good, bread or yeah. a version of bread mm-hmm. or she won't eat she'll eat that's not but, true she'll but, eat hummus and carrots and 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 smoothies and stuff like that but it's a it's a it's when we go on vacation yeah. it is a fight it's either no food or a bread roll she won't eat but if her. you give in then you've just taught her to be upset in order to get her way. Mm -hmm. So uh, the rule in my house is this is what we're going to have for dinner. You can eat it or not. It's completely up Mm -hmm. to you. And I don't buy crap. So it's not an option. If they're in the store with you, it's like, come on, ice cream, cookies. (laughs) No, I don't spend money. So I adopted my two nieces uh, and they're now 18 and 13. So we adopted them because their parents couldn't stop being bad parents. Mm. And um, the first time we went on our grocery trip, I'm like, good news. We're going to have lots of food. 
-hmm. bad news, I don't spend money on things that'll hurt you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it's mm -hmm. the education. But right. the 18-year-old now just got a full scholarship to UCLA, mm -hmm. and she's doing great. Not without um, vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? Caught her vaping and grounded her for six months mm -hmm. because I'm like, you have addiction in your family. Mm -hmm. There's like, I'm not okay with this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and that was painful mm -hmm. for her mm -hmm. and for me because I like to be the nice person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always think punishment or discipline. Although we don't punish, we solution orientated and we consequences. We really mm -hmm. believe in consequences. If you do, if we keep telling you to do that to your bike and you lose your bike, you don't get a new bike. Consequence done. Like mm -hmm. I don't believe in like then you know taking ice cream. It's something that's not to the thing itself. So, um, we really believe in that, but it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to do it because it feels worse for you than it, it does, does. For the kids. But well, your job isn't mm -hmm. for them to like you. I know, but I your want job. them to so much because <laughs> I love them. But, but they will like you I love more. them so much. So my wife has this wonderful enmeshed relationship with our 20 year old mm -hmm. and when she was seven she was we always said she's either going to be the leader of the free world or the leader of a gang and <laughs> yeah. she so would say about a four year old i'm like oh she would spend hours sitting with her trying to get her homework done and then she took a program that i dearly love called parenting with love and logic mm -hmm. that is so smart mm -hmm. and she learned oh i've already done second grade so mm -hmm. she told Chloe, I'm never going to ask you to do your homework again. Mm -hmm. I've done second grade. Mm -hmm. And if you decide not to do it, it's on you. And you're going to have to deal with the teacher. Mm -hmm. And the teacher will be disappointed or you won't get to go recess. Completely up to you. And if you really don't do your homework, you're a nice child. You'll make new friends when you repeat second grade. Mm. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. She stormed off. I never said I wouldn't do it. I'm just not going to do it now. <laughs> she came back 20 minutes later, and Tana never asked her to do her homework again. She holds the anxiety for it. Mm -hmm. And she's now a third year student at Chapman, mm -hmm. and she's mm -hmm. just amazing. And oh, by the way, if she forgot her homework, Tana wouldn't bring it to her mm -hmm. at school. If she forgot her sweater mm -hmm. on a cold day, or she argued with her mother and say, I'm not wearing a sweater today. Then fine. She, I do that with my four year old, like even mm -hmm. my five year old. She's like, I'm not going to do it. I kind of, I do sneak it like, in a, but I'm like, okay. And, 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 and so work. she mm -hmm. only forgot her homework once. Mm -hmm. She only forgot her sweater once. She only forgot her lunch once. Mm -hmm. And then she learned. Mm -hmm. Right. But too often, Parents do too much mm -hmm. and create incompetent people because you're not teaching them to solve their own problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we love them so much. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to suffer. Mm -hmm. So we create entitled kids that don't feel good about themselves. And, we also don't and that's a problem if mm -hmm. you have a famous mom. Mm -hmm. it's a, because it's like oh let's do let's do and also we mm -hmm. don't give them space to be disappointed right. and upset and angry like when my daughter's angry i'm like i see you're angry oh that's a big emotion i see you i love you i see it and i get mm -hmm. it and i'm here and so like you know especially my, my husband's 12 years older he would see anger as 
as something that was very dangerous to him and like, well, don't yell and don't be upset. And I'm like, we're in the house. Like she's allowed to be frustrated. She's Mm -hmm. allowed to feel those feelings. And I think we negate so many of them Mm -hmm. as when they're children, because we're like, they make us feel uncomfortable. Anger is just, isn't it just a, it's not a primary emotion is it comes from. It is, but you also want them to be appropriate. Well, yeah, she's not going to. I have rules in my family. (laughs) She's not not saying like, F you mom. (laughs) But if she's mad about a thing and she's like, that person was just being a jerk. And I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> See, I like the tell me about yeah. it. Right. So she can feel like she can talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I like rules. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. We treat each other with respect. Um, mm-hmm. Put things team. away you take out. One mm-hmm. of my favorite rules. Or mm-hmm. Do what mom or dad say the first time. Because if you tell a child to do something five times, your chance of abusing that child just went way up. Interesting. Um, And we teach people how to treat us by what we tolerate. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. How do you tackle these sort of problems? Like if it's a repetitive behavior almost. Give me an example. Like if she doesn't pick up her clothes and like, you know, we've said, please, you know, pick up your grandma and grandpa are coming. Can you please clean your room because your cousin's coming too. And you guys could have a fun play date mm-hmm. in here and, you know, yeah, please do that. Run. Too many words. Oh, it's like, oh. pick okay. up room. <laughs> and if you don't hear the consequences and if I have to do it, mm. that's going to drain my energy and I'll let you know how you can get my energy back. So that just, and, and, and when you don't know what to do in the situation, right. it's like, there's going to be a consequence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think about it and I'll let you know, mm. which raises their anxiety. But I have a, a question that might be an opposing view. Cause I listened to mm-hmm. this on a podcast. What is it about her room being clean that triggers you so much? And I'm just saying, that, yeah. I'm not saying that we have to live in a pigsty and our house is immaculate. So, because my husband is so crazy about cleanliness, <laughs> but there also is a trigger within us right. that like, if that person walks in and there's stuff and how messy is messy, right? If it's right. like a complete pigsty, maybe we're talking about something different, but if there's some clothes in the corner, what is it about you thinking that that person's going to see it and be like, oh, Roxy's a slob right, right. or like her child, like, is there a trigger within you that really triggers that thing in, a, in and of itself. You, you know, know what that I, makes sense? I think it's like also like taking pride in your surroundings because it's just kind of like take care of your things. If you want, you know, because every time we pass by a store, she's like, I want a new toy. I want a new dress. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but you have so many already at home. Nine. Yeah. You have so many at home already that you don't yeah, take care of. Right? Train them. Yeah. Um, Phoenix broke her iPad. She didn't get a new iPad. And, and, but if but, you think of the employees mm-hmm. that have messy desks, mm-hmm. they don't do as well as those. Do they have ADHD, doctor? <laughs> it's, I understand. <laughs> this is a problem for me. I married a clean freak for that reason alone. My house is immaculate. Not for me. <laughs> He cleans my closet for me. I, I, give I, him I, sex, I give him sex. He cleans my closet. It's a, it's a perfect match. There you go. So my son yeah. uh, has ADHD. He and I actually wrote a book together called A Teenager's Guide to ADD. And like I would clean it with him on Sunday. And by Sunday night, it's like there was an explosion. <laughs> and I hired a professional organizer mm. for him because he wasn't listening to me. Mm. And I had her come back um, like every couple of weeks for six months. And he is the most organized. It's yeah. just, it's Training. a skill mm. to learn right. so that when he went in the army, because later he went into the army, didn't bother him at all. 
he had developed, mm-hmm. a skill that was not natural mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go, what's going to help them mm-hmm. in their lives? A good relationship with both of you, mm-hmm. that protects them from mental health problems, right? Bonding is really mm-hmm. important. But then clarity of rules. Mm-hmm. Clarity. So boundaries within, letting them explore, but within boundaries. Yeah. Because sometimes- with, Within acceptable Right. Boundaries, right? You let them make as many choices as they can mm-hmm. within what's acceptable. What's acceptable? What about, why are you telling me what to do? You're bossing me around. That's yeah, like a it's key like phrase. Right. It's like, like, I'm your mother. Right. You can say that then, right? God, I mean, gave, the, God gave me to you yeah. until your frontal lobes are developed. Mm-hmm. And that's not for a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so good. as we're wrapping up, because I know we don't have that much time, I just, just want to ask this. One of the final questions is I did want to talk because you had said in the beginning of this podcast that mental health can actually um, be so many different things that people aren't looking into before they just, again, go straight onto medication, right? Mm. It could be like thyroid. We were talking about hormones. Women, Mm. I feel like women, Mm. especially, we are like in perimenopause. I mean, I just turned 40. I cannot believe it. Don't tell me I look 40. I just (laughs) turned 40 and I know that my cycle's changing. I feel like things are changing. Even mental health things, um, I feel like are a little bit Mm -hmm. harder for me. So what are things that we can get checked before we just go straight on to like, again, like you said, if medication works for you, that's great. But what are some other things that, that uh, show up as depression and anxiety that maybe Mm. isn't it? So in my books, I have an acronym called Bright Minds. Mm -hmm. You want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it. You have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that Mm. steal your mind. So bright minds, B is for blood flow. Are you doing anything that hurts your blood flow? Alcohol, marijuana, nicotine, caffeine, all constrict blood flow to the brain. R is retirement and aging. The older we get, the more serious we need to be mm-hmm. about brain health. Um, also, is your ferritin level, your iron level too high, accelerates aging, if it's too low, goes with ADHD and anxiety and insomnia. So getting your ferritin level checked is critical. The eye is inflammation. Do you have too much inflammation in your body because of gluten? Or you have a low omega-3 fatty acid levels. I think mm-hmm. all of us should be taking fish oil or mm-hmm. um we actually make a vegan form of omega-3s mm-hmm. from algae. Um, G is genetics. People go, oh, I'm overweight because my family's fat. And I'm like, no, my f- I come from a family mm-hmm. of fat people, but I'm not fat. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I know it's my vulnerability and I work hard to protect it. Mm-hmm. Right? So genes aren't a death sentence. What mm-hmm. they should be is a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. The H is head trauma, a very common cause of psychiatric problems. And nobody knows about it. It's that car accident, that fall, that fight that hurt your brain. Mm-hmm. And then that's why you're depressed. Mm-hmm. Or why you have Erlen syndrome, which is very common after a concussion. Mm-hmm. The T is toxins. And we talked about alcohol, marijuana, mm-hmm. mushrooms, but also mold. Mm-hmm. The mold toxicity can totally make you feel brain fog and um, depressed. Mm-hmm. The M is mental health stuff. And there is how many adverse childhood experiences 
did you have? We did doing this huge study on ACE scores, first childhood, on a zero to 10. How many bad things happened to you? My wife's an eight. My nieces who I adopted are nines. Lots of things. So we need to clean that out or you're going to struggle. The second eye is immunity and infections. And now COVID's coming around. Again, COVID is just bad for the brain. It causes this inflammation bomb, but also things like Lyme disease, totally major cause of psychiatric problems. And then the N is neurohormones, and you just turned 40. What a lot of women don't know, uh, I'm turning 70 next year. I have no empathy for you at all. You look great. I know. Okay, but what women don't know is progesterone, which is the female anti-anxiety hormone. Is It drops 10 years before women go into menopause. And so at 40, women often become a little meaner. uh, They drink a little bit more. They have more insomnia. (laughs) They come. And now they're on Lexapro, Xanax, and Ambien. And I'm like, no, just give them a little progesterone. So day 19 to 21 of your cycle, get your hormones checked and see. And if progesterone's on the low side and you're tired of the anxiety, Take a little bit of progesterone at night and see if that won't help. It's funny you say that because when I was pregnant, I felt amazing because so much progesterone. And I actually, after I ovulate, I feel terrible until ovulation. And then after I ovulate, I have this week of bliss. And it's because my progesterone starts to raise just before it drops before my period. So So working with someone to optimize it. See, whenever I look at a lab test and I look at what's the normal range, in my mind, I'm always going, what's the optimal? Mm-hmm. Range. What's the optimal mm-hmm. range for me to help my patients feel their best? And so I would look at it. And if it's in the bottom third, for mm-hmm. example, even abnormal, I'd try a little bit of progesterone and see if we can't get bliss three out of four weeks mm-hmm. a month. Uh, that would be worth it. Mm-hmm. And the D is diabetes. Is your blood sugar high? You're overweight. I published three studies that shows your weight goes up, the size and function of the brain goes down. And with 72% of Americans overweight, 43% of us obese, it's just a disaster. And that's is sleep. So those are the other things I sort of think about. And what about the um, like the anxiety portion of like perimenopause and menopause? Is that something that becomes more pronounced t- during that time? It does, but balancing mm-hmm. hormones can be that. so helpful mm. for you and the people who love you. Mm. And synthetic hormones, does that mean you're... It depends on the person or... Yeah. Depends on how you test, mm-hmm. right? It also depends on other things like mm-hmm. your breast cancer risk and mm-hmm. so on. But my wife says the 100 milligrams of progesterone she takes at night keeps her off the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> like well, that. on that note, we're going to... Your poor wife is like, I am the end of this podcast. <laughs> Thank you that. so much. Yes. I mean, so much food for thought. Yes, and so much. You need to scan your brain. I do need to like see what's happening in here because I feel like for a long time I've kind of pushed it under the rug, but yeah. 
it would be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and where can people, obviously, I mean, they, all your social media is so massive right mm-hmm. now, but also where can they read your books? And do you have like one site that people can go to for that? I go to amenclinics.com. Mm-hmm. Amen, like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com mm-hmm. and learn about me, learn about our clinics uh, and all that we do. And people can come and see you, mm-hmm. just people that want to come then see come you. come to one of the clinics for one sure. One of the clinics. Mm-hmm. We can come see you. <laughs> <laughs> he just smiles. He doesn't say yes or no. He just smiles. I love it. He's just listening. Right? He's just listening. Well, thank you guys so much. We are yes. Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And Women on Top Official on TikTok. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. And I am Tamit Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are <gasps> Women on Top. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.